thank you, Father, for the great gifts that you give to us, most especially at this season of the year. We thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ, who came as a babe born in Bethlehem to show us the way of salvation that will lead to our eternal home in you. So, God, we're grateful for every gift that has been given that enables this, your church, to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I want to invite our children who are wanting to go to Children's Church to do so right now. They're volunteers and workers back there to take you down to have a time of fellowship and learning down in our children's wing. Though I imagine most every child is going to stay here and see this beautiful music. Good morning, I'm Ed Glaze, and I'm one of the pastors here at Boone United Methodist Church, an honor and privilege to be here on this very special Sunday of the year, which I know you all didn't come to hear me preach today, amen? You're, you're here to hear this beautiful music, but you know, since I got this big crowd, we're going to take an offering, of course, <laughs> and I do have a, a word or two to say. I think people want to hear an Advent message, so uh, we're going to share just real briefly uh, as we prepare our hearts and minds for what God's going to offer to us uh, through what this wonderful uh, group of musicians that are behind me have prepared for you today. Uh, Hear now the word of the Lord as found in the good news uh, of the book of Galatians, the fourth chapter, starting with verse 4. Paul writes, But in the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law in order to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as children. Because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts crying, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but a child, of a child than an heir through God. It's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You're gonna hear in just a moment, uh, during the narration, that there was a period of time between the time of the prophets and the time when Jesus came when God seemed to be silent. When God seemed to be silent, when God was maybe not speaking to the world or seemingly not speaking to the world. But I would say that even when God seems silent, God's at work in the world. And we see this during this time between the Testaments, as it's called, as God was working in the faithful people that God had called forth. He was working not only in calling the exiles back from Babylon to Judea, but God was at work in those faithful ones that stayed in Babylon, part of the Jewish diaspora. They stayed there in Babylon. And there was others that went throughout the world to spread uh, the good news that there was a God of creation. In fact, a bunch settled in Egypt in a place called Alexandria where they took the Hebrew Bible and they translated it into the Greek language, the common language of the time known as the Septuagint. And y'all, that's the Bible the Apostle Paul read from. That's the Bible that the early Christians used, a language that everybody in that time knew. See, God was at work, you see, even when he seemed to be silent. God was at work in those, those people that stayed in Babylon and then during that time of exile because they're scratching their heads saying, wait a minute, don't we have to go to the temple to worship? 
Don't we need a temple? And they began to say, no, God's bigger than a place. God's bigger than a building, amen? And there was formed a type of Judaism that is still alive today. It's called rabbinic Judaism. And they formed places that, well, you just drive down King Street and you'll see one right now. It's called the synagogue. That came about during this time when God seemingly was silent. Faithful people were saying, how do we worship God in a foreign place? And then there was this group of rabbis, they were coming together and, and saying, how do we interpret scripture for our time and in our place? And they, they began to write, and uh, there's these things called the Talmud, and they're from different places throughout uh, the Jewish diaspora. And they began to say, we can, we can see God where we are in our time and our place. And they began to put on lenses saying that, you know, God's going to do a great thing. He's going to send his anointed into the world. And so they began to have this expectation during that time that God's going to do something special, send his anointed into the world uh, to redeem the world. See, God was at work even in this time when there seemed to be silence, when God was, we were told he may not be speaking, but no, no, God is always at work, even when we can't hear him. God is always at work, even when we do not comprehend him. And so what do we do? What do we do when God is seemingly silent? What are we called to do when God is being quiet or working in ways that we can't comprehend? Well, Psalm 13 gives us a hint at this. And the psalmist in that psalm and I won't read it to you, but I'll just tell you what it's going on. The, the psalmist is there questioning, God, where are you? How long, God, am I going to have to deal with all this? How long, God, are we going to be exiled from you? How long, God, are we going to be dealing with all that's going on in our lives? How long are we going to be oppressed? And through his questioning, through his longing to hear God, he says, I will even then trust in you. I even then will be faithful. Even then, I will continue to work. See, that's what we're called to do when God is seemingly silent. We are to remain faithful to that which has been revealed to us. That little glimpse of God, that little glimpse of Scripture, that little glimpse of the Word that we hear. And we remain faithful and keep doing what we know we ought to do. Kind of like Noah. You know, Noah was told by God, hey, you build an ark there in a desert place. And scholars are going to argue on how long it took to build an ark. Remember, they didn't have power tools. They didn't have cranes. They didn't have all this pneumatic stuff that we have today. So scholars argue it's between 50 and 120 years that it took them to build that ark. It's a long time. And there are people saying, Noah, you're building this here in this desert? And yet... He continued to hammer nails. He continued to saw wood. He continued to be faithful to what had been revealed to him. He kept working, you see, until in God's good time, he was rescued from the flood, he and his family, and that's a remnant for all humanity. And then there's Abram, who at 70 years of age, Harold, can you imagine saying something? You're going to be dad again. Can you, can, you, can, you, can you imagine at age 70, say, hey, hey, Abram, you're going to have a boy. You have a baby. 
And uh, he said, really? <laughs> Have you seen the wife? Yeah, no. <laughs> and he is told by God to go sojourn in this foreign land, leave everything that he knew, everything. And then for 25 years, he was sending out baby invitations. <laughs> Come to the baby shower. He's coming. But in the fullness of time, Isaac was born, you see, because he remained faithful to that which he had heard, even when God seemed to be so silent. And then uh, here's the people of Israel. Uh, they are, the Hebrews are, are gone to Egypt, and they are told that they're one day going to be liberated, but they've been enslaved for 400 years. 400 years. Think about our own American history 400 years back. Can you imagine uh, back in the time when Jamestown had just been founded for 13 years and the pilgrims had just landed a couple, three years ago? They're being told that the, this country that they're landing in would be the greatest country in the world. Can you imagine those folks back then thinking, really? You know, we're barely making it right now. Yet, yet the people of Israel remain faithful to what they knew. They held on to this belief in God, even in slavery. And heroes like Shifra and Pua, you know, they said that the Pharaoh's telling them to kill the babies. And they said, no, nah, we know better than that. God has made these babies. God, they're special. We can't kill them. They remain faithful, you see, to a promise until God's good time. In the fullness of time, they're walking out of that place through a parted sea on dry land. You know, when God is seemingly silent, we are to hold on to that which we know. And we wait for God to act in ways that we cannot comprehend, that are too wondrous for us to be able to believe. That's what we're here today to talk about. In the silence, that God does work. In silence, God is there. We are just to hold on and to do what we know what we're called to do. There's a famous poem that's out there. You may have heard it. It says, I believe in the sun even when it's not shining. I believe in love even when it's not shown. I believe in God even when he does not speak. The incredible thing about that poem, if you know it, is writ it was written on the wall in a basement of a concentration camp where some poor person experiencing the utter darkness of the imprisonment of the Holocaust said, even still, I believe. Even God is silent in this darkness. And so today, we come to pay tribute to the words of the Apostle Paul who said, born of a woman, meaning born like you and I were, God sent a son to embrace us in our silence, in his silence, to embrace the hurt, the brokenness, the heartache, our sorrow. And sometimes, y'all, words aren't going to do, are they? It's someone being there, just like God has come to be with us. In the darkest moment of my life, wanting words with someone being there. 
embrace me, to hold me, to let me know, not by saying anything, just by being held. It's going to be okay. That's what God has done. So silently, silently, the, the gift is given, as it says in the, the hymn, Little Town of Bethlehem. He has come, born of a woman, to be here with us. And so Psalm 13 says one other thing we do in the midst of this waiting on God to act. We praise. What we're about to do today, we praise. We give thanks to God even when it's hard, even when we don't understand, even when God is silent. We praise. And that praise may be a, a quiet cry in the dark waiting for the morning to come, or it may be something beautiful about like what we're going to hear here in just a moment. But we praise and give thanks to God for what God is doing in a way that is greater than what we can imagine or even hope for. A baby born in a hay barn, first laid to rest in a cattle trough. And for that wondrous act of God, we come here this day to give praise and to sing glory to God for what God does for us, even when God is quiet and silent. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.